today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. As we talked about last week, it was the Democrats' turn for their uh, their virtual convention, uh, where they officially made Joe Biden their nominee for the uh, presidential election coming up. Uh, this time, it's the Republicans' turn. And uh, we're told it's going to be a much different convention than we saw even last week. And it's not just because of COVID-19, I would think. Uh, the president uh, already beating the drum for the importance of this election in a speech he made a couple of days ago. The survival of our nation is at stake in this election. And I will tell you, I never thought I'd say it because we had a great election. We had a great election a little while ago. Four years ago, I never thought I'd say anything could compete with 2016. This election that we're going into is the most important election in the history of our country. My goodness, I'm agreeing with Donald Trump on something. I never thought I'd see that day. It is the most important election, I think, in the, in the country's history. But how is it going to kick off from the Republican standpoint with the convention tonight? Joined by Reggie Cicchini, Washington producer and correspondent with Global News, who joins us to uh, give us uh, some insight into this. Reggie, good morning. How are you doing today? Good morning. Happy Monday. Good to be with you. A uh, very, very eventful weekend. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of the convention, uh, the news, of course, that Kellyanne Conway is leaving the White House. Did that come as a shock to the folks around the Beltway? I mean, I, it comes as a shock only in that she's been such a, a close member of the Trump administration and Donald Trump himself as a candidate for the last four years. Uh, so it's a loss for uh, for the Trump administration. I think given the uh, the family nature that she has been discussing and uh, that her husband, George Conway, is also uh, intending to step aside from kind of a public spotlight, it kind of just gives you an idea as to, uh, you know, what, what the situation may be like at home and how she has decided to kind of put her family life and her home life over her political uh, and her job life. Which, yeah, I guess kind of underscores the concern about that. I mean, I think a lot of us around the, the, the political arena at Reggie were just wondering what dinner time was like in the Conway household. Uh, uh, obviously, Kellyanne Conway, a strong advocate for Donald Trump, and uh, her husband, George, uh, a strong critic of Trump. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the, the founders, I guess, of the Lincoln Project uh, that's trying to oust Trump, Republicans and small-c conservatives are trying to do this. So uh, I, I, you would think that something had to give here. Yeah, and I mean, look, their children are, are very clearly playing uh, a prominent role in this decision to step out of the public spotlight with one of their uh, their daughters kind of coming forward and making some critical comments about both of her parents uh, and just this kind of over-politicization uh, that kind of happens inside the household. And just both parents have decided that now may be the time to kind of focus on family, especially she said that her kids are going to be uh, doing school from home. So it just gives them an opportunity to kind of spend time with each other. Uh, and, you know, this is something that she can't be criticized for. It's just simply her decision now to step out of the spotlight, although she may still uh, kind of have the ear of the president, given how fondly he thinks of her. How is this going to impact the campaign itself? I, I know that people that are on staff are not really supposed to get involved in the campaign, but a lot of stuff that the Trump team is doing is not supposed to be happening. Uh, but it was probably, I think, widely considered, Reggie, that her joining the campaign four years ago was probably the turning point in Trump's campaign. Yeah, I mean, look, she, she, she understands polls. She understands how to get a message across. And while she may be uh, you know, not well received uh, by many members of the Democratic Party. Republicans listen to what she has to say. And again, that's because she is so incredibly close with the president, with the president's family, uh, and with that senior kind of post within the administration. This is, uh, you know, like we said, this is a loss uh, for Trump. 
she is still going uh, expected to speak at the convention this week, uh, I believe, on Wednesday. And there are concerns, like you said, that that may get into Hatch Act violations, because if you're a member of the administration, you're not supposed to be kind of taking a role in, in politics, especially during a convention. But that's the same criticism that's being given to the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, uh, and to Ivanka as well. Let's talk about what we see tonight and, and talk about, you know, trying to be neutral during times of elections. Uh, my understanding is the White House itself is not supposed to be a political tool, uh, and past presidents have never really used it as such. Um, they, they become candidates so-and-so as opposed to using that. But, uh, you know, Trump is, is uh, from what we hear it's, uh, anyway, very much going to use the White House as a backdrop for a lot of what's going to happen over the next four days. Yeah, absolutely he is. He said that the White House is, quote-unquote, a very special place. We know that the First Lady has been actively trying to rework the Rose Garden to make it look better uh, because the President is anticipating to have a number of people on the lawn uh, when he speaks, either at his acceptance speech on Thursday or any of the nights this week, that he's also expected to play a major role uh, in this program. Uh, but you're right, this is a building and a house that is really supposed to stay apolitical because it is a house that is supposed to be representative of the entire country, not of a party. Uh, but that's simply where we come with this president who has taken an active role to create politics around everything uh, that he touches, which is why you're seeing someone like Mike Pompeo, who's supposed to be the nation's top diplomat, working in the nation's best interest, speaking on behalf of the president in a foreign land. Uh, what we hear, Reggie, is that... Uh not unlike or not like rather the democratic convention that uh, that you and i talked about last week uh this one is going to be all trump all the time yeah look the president is expected to speak uh monday tuesday wednesday and thursday uh, we know the president is uh, en route to north carolina right now where the kind of logistics of this convention uh is taking place uh, and it really does break that norm from conventions in the past where you have this crescendo that's built up to the president's uh, acceptance of a renomination uh, on the final day of the convention. But this is a president who likes the spotlight. He wants it to be focused on him. It's no longer about the party. It's no longer about what the party can do for America. It's about what President Trump can do. Uh, and he wants to ensure that he is going to be featured prominently. We know that there are members of his past life from The Apprentice that are going to be taking part uh, in creating uh, the kind of uh, visuals that we'll see uh, at, at, at the uh, at the convention this week. Uh, and we know that there's a possibility here that he's going to create some kind of viral moments with some unexpectedness uh, over the next couple of days. Again, this is a president who wants it to be all about him. How do Republicans react to that? I mean, I, I don't hear too many of them speaking on the record about this stuff, Reggie, but he, as you and I have talked about over the last well, three and a half years, uh, the Republicans have become a party of one, and that, that's going to be never been more evident than what's going to be happening over the next four days. I mean, look, the party today, or at least the convention going on this week, isn't doing much to try and unify what has really become a broken party under uh, under President Trump, where, you know, if you're a Republican, but you're not following the president, he simply calls you a rhino or a Republican in name only uh, because you are not kind of sycophantic to him. Uh, and that has become problematic for a, a number of Republicans, which is why we saw some take place. Uh, take part in the Democrats' convention last week. It's also why we're seeing a list that was put out by the Biden campaign today uh, of a series, dozens of former Republican uh, congressional members and, and members of the Senate who are now leaving uh, the, the, the kind of Republican Party and voting for, for, for the Democratic nominee. I mean, there is a fracture in this Republican Party. And yes, there are concerns that Republicans simply don't speak up or 
they speak up far too late. And we'll see if that has consequences later on this year for someone like Susan Collins, who criticizes the president, but then oftentimes will fall in line. She's up for election this year. This could be the real test to show what happens when people continue to be uh, kind of a part of that Trump line when there's a growing number of people who say maybe it's time you step back. You mentioned that uh, Trump is going to speak each one of the nights uh, in various forms. I guess, well, I was going to say various lengths, but it'll be long. We can assure that. Uh, just about everybody else in the family is going to have a, a moment there, too, aren't they? Yeah, look, everyone, uh, with the exception, realistically, of Baron Trump, Trump's youngest son, is going to be <laughs> featured uh, heavily over this four-day event. And it almost kind of feels like, uh, you know, like a, like a Trump dynasty uh, moment uh, as they lead up to his acceptance on Thursday. You know, the, the, the theme of this Republican convention uh, is the great American story. And each night is about, you know, prosper and this, that and the other. And then the final night of Trump speaking uh, is going to be America the Great. Uh, and his children will play a big role leading up to that. His wife will play a big role leading up to that. And like we said earlier, uh, there are questions about what happens when active members of the administration take a formal part in these uh, in these conventions. Ivanka Trump is a senior administration official paid for by the American taxpayers. She is going to be taking part uh, in this as well. Uh, and there are a, a number of kind of left-leaning groups and watchdogs that are trying to file formal complaints now, uh, given the fact that so many people from the administration are now taking part in this. Let's talk about who won't be there. I, I, well, nobody will. It's going to be a virtual convention. But uh, unlike what we saw with the Democrats, Reggie, which was really, I think, four separate, well-placed and, and well-orchestrated primetime specials, really, two-hour primetime specials, uh, Trump ridiculed the Democrats for having so much uh, pre-recorded stuff there. Uh, many of the speeches by uh, the, the Obamas and others, of course, were, were done that way. Uh, he wants more stuff live, uh, it, it, and, and of course, unscripted, as, as he often is, too. Uh, how's that going to be received by the Republican Party? Well, I mean, look, there are people that fear that having, uh, you know, any kind of group of people together is going to be problematic, especially uh, in, in kind of this new COVID era that we're in. And unlike what the Democrats did for their nomination process for uh, for Joe Biden, when the Republicans hold their roll call just a couple of hours from now, it is going to be in person. They've allowed up to six members from each delegation to gather inside uh, this auditorium to kind of tip the scales towards Trump. Uh, and, and there are Democrats that are saying it's simply a tone deaf move, given what's going on around the country, given the sheer number of people who have died so far. But Democrats will say, look, we took the delegates to each point, uh, part of the country, each state and each territory, and we showcased the individuality of these uh, you know, areas that are kind of giving their nomination to the, the, the presidential candidate, uh, whereas Republicans are simply saying, look, we just want to get all together. The president wants us in person. Uh, and, and it just it, it almost feels tone deaf in the crisis that we're in right now. Yeah, well, we'll see how many times I mentioned COVID-19 tonight. Anyway, it's uh, going to be a much different picture. We'll look forward to your reporting on this on uh, Global National. Reggie, thanks so much. Great talking with you today. Thank you. Take care. Reggie Giacchini, of course, Washington producer and correspondent uh, with Global News. And he's down in Washington, of course, uh, covering what's going to be happening this particular week anyway with the Republican National Convention. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.